Good evening, friends and sweet brethren of the Lord. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Dawn Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Last week was so much fun. It was just great fun to be back with you and to be back on the radio. We are continuing part two of From My Heart to Yours. I mentioned last week that the heart beats roughly 100,000 times a day. If you live to be 70, your heart will have beat 2,555,000,000 times. It is the hardest working organ in the body. And yet this little glob of muscle tissue is what keeps us alive. It has the giant task of sending out five quarts of blood every minute to the entire body. Psalm 139 says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. The heart, engineered so skillfully by the Savior, truly is a miraculous machine. They say the heart is the seat of our emotions. Now, how can a machine have emotions? Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. That seems a bit confusing, doesn't it? We talk about a broken heart. When we feel loss, we know the pain is felt in our heart. Well, spiritually, when we sense emotion of any kind, we are sensing by our spirit, and the spirit is equated with our heart. Scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What we entertain in our heart, our spirit, usually will come out of our mouth. That's why we are admonished to keep our heart with all diligence. In other words, watch what goes in, because certainly it will come out one way or the other. I'm saying all of this to say that our heart, naturally, our natural heart, emotionally, spiritually, is a very vulnerable organ. That's why when we speak of love or think of love, we immediately picture a heart in our mind. Love is a powerful emotion. Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6 says, Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave, its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can floods drown it. If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. You can sense that emotion in this set of scriptures as the Shulamite woman 
speaks to her beloved Solomon. Intense love that many waters and floods cannot quench or drown. It's an intense love. And that is a committed love. Not just a flitting moment of excitement or pleasure. True love is a commitment of the heart. Which leads me to the story of Hosea. Hosea is a minor prophet and a book in the Old Testament that, well, not too many Christians are familiar with. His name means salvation, and he was chosen by God to live out his message to his people as a prophet by marrying a woman he knew would be unfaithful to him. For most of you married couples, that sounds like an insane thing to do. Normally, we marry the person we are attracted to, attracted physically, attracted emotionally, and hopefully spiritually. I mean, who in their right mind would marry someone that was a prostitute, knowing that they would be unfaithful? Well, I know it sounds far-fetched, but God often used prophets to get messages across to the nation of people they represented. God told Ezekiel he wasn't even allowed to mourn over his wife's death. God also had Ezekiel do other very strange things to get his point across. You see, Hosea had a special heart. His sensitivity toward the sinful condition of his countrymen and his sensitivity toward the loving heart of God fitted him for this very difficult ministry. And I dare say this isn't a ministry that many would put up their hand and say, send me, I'll be happy to do that ministry. Hosea begins by giving us the historical setting for his ministry. He was a prophet during the reign of several kings of Judah, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. And they were kings of the southern kingdom of Judah. And King Jeroboam, the second of the northern kingdom, was also at the same time. Now Hosea was from this kingdom. He was from the northern kingdom. And this was around 750 BC. Though all the gauges of outward success seemed positive for Israel. Now, let me just stop there a second. When we say Israel in the context of the book of Hosea, we are referring each time to the northern kingdom. At that time, there was... Um, no unification between Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah, the southern kingdom. So even outwardly, everything looked successful in the northern kingdom. But underneath, disaster was lurking. The people of this period enjoyed peace, plenty, and prosperity. 
But anarchy was brewing, and it would bring the political collapse of the nation in a few short years. Hosea describes the characteristic social conditions of his day. I want you to listen because it's very similar to exactly where we are today. Corrupt leaders, this is, these are the characteristics of the social conditions of his day. Corrupt leaders, unstable family life, widespread immorality, class hatred, and poverty. Though the people continued a form of worship, idolatry was more and more accepted, and the priests were failing to guide the people into ways of righteousness. Hmm. In spite of the darkness of these days, Hosea holds out hope to inspire his people to turn back to God. The book of Hosea is about a people who needed to hear. They needed to hear the love of God, a God who wanted to tell them. And the unique way God chose to demonstrate his love to his people. The people thought that, well, they, love could be bought. And we see that in chapter 8, verse 9, where it says, Ephraim has hired lovers. So they thought they could buy love. And then they thought that love was the pursuit of self-gratification. We can see that in Hosea 2, verse 5. I will go after my lovers who give me. And that loving, unworthy objects could bring positive benefits. We see that in Hosea 9, 10. They became an abomination like the thing they loved. God wanted Israel to know his love, which reached out for unlikely and unworthy objects. And Hosea, as speaking as the Lord, in chapter 11, verse 1, says, When Israel was a child, I loved him. So God wanted Israel to know that he would guide them with gentle discipline. And we see that in uh, chapter 11, 4, when he speaks of bands of love. And that the people kept resisting and running. And he was going to persist in his love for them. And we see that in Hosea eleven eight, when the Lord says through Hosea, how can I give you up? So this was a God who was very persistent, determined to restore his people, the people that he loved. He said, I loved you as a child. I loved you with bands of love. And how can I give you up? That sounds like a real commitment to me. The problem was how to get this message of God's love to a people not inclined to listen and not likely to understand if they did listen. I bet you've been in a situation like that. God's solution was to let the prophet be his own sermon. So Hosea 
would marry an impure woman, a wife of harlotry, it says in chapter 1, verse 2. He was to love her fully and have children by her. He, he had two sons and a daughter by Gomer, and he was to go after her and bring her back when she strayed, chapter 3, verse 1. Then the Lord said to me, go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel, who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. Gomer was the name of Hosea's wife, and she had strayed, become unfaithful to Hosea, and was with another lover. But the Lord told Hosea to go after her and literally buy her back. Verse 2 says, So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and a half homers of barley. Then in verse 3, he says to Gomer, he, he, Hosea, is now speaking to his wife. And he says, you shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So too will I be toward you. So Hosea is making it very clear to her that he is committed to her and she will be committed to him the rest of her days. They are renewing their covenant of marriage. Back a few verses in chapter 2, Hosea speaking as the Lord to Israel says this, I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. You see, that's God's covenant language to his people of the northern kingdom of Israel. Now, Gomer and Hosea are going to live that out in a relationship characterized by permanence, right standards, fair treatment, unfailing love, tenderness, security, and continued self-revelation. This is a perfect picture of how marriage should be. This is how married couples today uh, should behave toward one another. This is um, giving us a picture. See, this isn't a crazy story. I know it sounds like a crazy story, but it's really God talking to us, teaching us about covenant relationships. Well, marriage is a covenant relationship. It's not just a covenant between two people. You see, God's in the middle of that. God is present when you say, I do. So it's a covenant between you and your spouse and God. It's not just the two of you. Many people don't even think about that. But that covenant is between the two of you and God. 
And so when you're going to live out this relationship called marriage, you want it characterized by permanence, meaning you make those vows, you say, I do, till death do us part. So that's permanence. That means commitment. You want to have this unfailing love, this fair treatment, being tender. Each one wants to feel that security. So I love this story because of the profound um, picture portrayed by this couple in this story, even showing God's love for his people, the northern kingdom of Israel, so that he can show us. It's talking to us. Hosea then prophesies in verse 5, he says, Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. So he's prophesying what's to come in the future. And the future is that they are going to return to the Lord. That's what he prophesies And this word fear, they shall fear the Lord in the latter days. In this particular scripture, it's a very important word, and it's the Hebrew word pachad. It means to be startled, to tremble, to stand in awe, to revere, to be amazed. Pachad concerns a person's reaction to something sudden and startling, to the point of trembling. Now, get that picture in your mind. It's a reaction to something sudden and startling to the point of trembling. Here, Israel will tremble because of God's startling, sudden, amazing goodness showered upon them in the latter days. Now, they haven't seen this yet. This has this prophecy has not come to pass yet. But when it does, it's going to rock and roll these people. They're they <laughs> it's going to do exactly what I've just described. It's going to startle them to the point of trembling when they recognize the Messiah, the true Mashiach. Hosea never compromised his word of the Lord to Israel. He, he, he wasn't wishy-washy. He wasn't, I mean, soft and tender. He said what he had to say the, to them. In chapter 4, we read verses 1 through 2, and he writes, Hear the word of the Lord. You children of Israel, for the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying, killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break all restraint with bloodshed upon bloodshed. 
sounds like sounds like close to home here in America. All true prophets, including those today in our society, prophets call people to repentance. Hosea was no different. His love for Israel was deep, and he longed for them to give up their idolatrous ways. In chapter 6, verse 1, he says, Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. The last chapter of Hosea prophesies about Israel being restored at last. Listen to what he says, chapter 14, verse 4. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned away from him. When God directed Hosea to marry an unfaithful woman, he was calling this faithful prophet to be a living illustration of his love for his people. The Lord calls us to exhibit unconditional love as well to the world around us. Paul the Apostle expressed the essence of this kind of godly living when he wrote in Ephesians 5.1, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Friends, we must recognize that the way we demonstrate God's love through our lives is the most powerful witness we will ever offer. Hosea revealed God's loving heart. I think uh, just the mere fact of having to marry an unfaithful woman and then watch her after three children are born to, to them, uh, to watch her stray away and have another lover and to go and, and get her back and commit again to this relationship says a lot about love. And I think Hosea reflected that in a most profound way. And so Hosea revealed, revealed God's loving heart, and that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to reveal God's loving heart. The Lord puts premium value on his relationship with us. He, he does. Let us seek faithfully to return that love to him with obedience. Be assured that God values your relationship with him more than he desires your service for him. So is that Tina Turner song titled, What's Love Got to Do With It? What's love got to do with it? Everything, 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 everything. From my heart to yours, may you experience his love in new and profound ways. May you be overwhelmed by God's love 
And may you extend that love as a true disciple of Christ. We are told in the scriptures, how will they know that we are his disciples? One way, by our love. I hope that this program on Hosea makes you think, makes you take a moment to reevaluate possibly your marriage, reevaluate uh, relationships, relationships you've had in the past that maybe need repaired, relationships currently, family relationships that need healed, family relationships that need restored, friendships that have kind of been sitting on the shelf. Um, this is a great time to just do a little self-evaluation. Think about how selfless Hosea was to show the love of God. How sensitive a heart this man had. God wants us to have the same kind of sensitive heart. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed today. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. Now, we are in the process of updating the website, so please be patient. We don't have the video up yet. And um, as I said, several things need updated on the website, and I'll keep you posted on that. Um, and you can comment by sending me an email, uh, and that is all lowercase dawn, D-A-W-N, dot pureheart dot today. So uh, I'll repeat that again. Email dawn, D-A-W-N, dot pureheart dot today. Your continued financial support and prayers are very valuable to me, and you can send that to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I look forward to being with you next week. Shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.